Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to this week's Failed Critic Podcast, the podcast where I'm trying to host it drug to my eyeballs on Lemsip. I, we're, we're hardcore, we're edgy, aren't we? Yes. It's just like the word. Mm. I don't know. I think Steve's showing how much more hardcore he is than me and you, James. Yeah. We've both had two, like, a week off each with illness. Steve's no, there, yeah. he's persistent. Yeah. I, I don't. Extreme gout, though. Yeah. I don't know if you can OD on Lemsip, but I'm pretty close. <laughs> I'm tripping out. Uh, yes, I'm your host, Steve Norman. I'm joined by Jerry McCauley. Hello. Owen Hughes. Hello. And returning after a bout of scurvy, James Diamond. <laughs> the all-conquering hero returns. Oh, James, if you not listened to last week's, Steve was, we were, well, I say Steve, we were all coming up with all sorts of various illnesses that you'd had. I haven't listened to the triple bill. Was it in the triple bill? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've decided you had scurvy as if you'd been on a voyage to the new world. It's because you're old and it's an old disease. <laughs> so, I mean. <laughs> I, I do want to say thank you for looking after the podcast so well last week. Um, I've joined the crew of The Expendables, uh, it seems. Um, last week's review was actually really good, you bastards. <laughs> well, we followed your notes, James, basically. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> that did make me laugh. Um, so yes, what is the plan for this week, James? Okay, plan for this week is um, we've, we've got a bit of movie news, uh, which has made me very angry. So clearly I'm going to have to get on my whole horse about that. Um, we are going to obviously tell you what we've been watching this week, or that sounds like that might be a short section. And then finally, we're going to review the new release from the producers of Paranormal Activity and Insidious, as it says on the poster. Um, I was like, it's sinister. That's it. Yeah, mm. we're reviewing that. And, and what's in Triple Bill? Oh, and Triple Bill, which you'll listen to on the next podcast next week, is um at, in honour of the boycott of Taken Two. Or it's because uh, it, it's because you wanted to boycott Taken Two, which we're meant to review this week, but you didn't. Re- you completely forgot that we were doing revenge films for yeah, Triple so, Bill. So we're doing best yeah. revenge films, and it's how, um yeah. So, yeah, I that up, didn't I? Never mind. Um, it, it works out quite well, because we can now recommend, you know, revenge films to go and see instead of Taken 2. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. That's how it's been, isn't it? Yeah. 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 It's up yeah. The style. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, look. There we go. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> On to the quote quiz, and I can't... Oh, right, are we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're doing it now. Trust me, it's fine. Um, I'm not sure what the scores are. I think Jerry's got four... James has got two, I've got one, and Owen's still got zero. That's correct. Which, which is quite frankly embarrassing, Owen, come on. I know, I am embarrassed. <laughs> yeah. I it's the most shameful part of my life that I've not got any points on the quote quiz. Well, there we go. Maybe today yeah. will be your day. Here we go. Okay. They're armed. What was that? Armed. What do you mean armed? Armed with what? Uh, bad breath, colourful language, feather duster. What do you think they're going to be armed with? Guns, you tit. I'm guessing it's not the notebook. No. Jerry. <laughs> yes, Jerry. I'm going to take a wild guess and say hot fuzz. No. Well, um, it was, this was based purely on Steve. Always on the fact that it was Steve. Hot fuzz or <laughs> some other fa- Simon Pegg film. Um, that's not, <laughs> it's not true. I've done it once. <laughs> uh, do you know, I'm... Is it, um... It's not like Dead Man's Shoes or something, is it? No, it is. I've got the points this time. 
It's lock, stock, and yeah. two smoking barrels. Uh, uh, it did sound very British. Yeah. And well it done. couldn't Someone be... just clink a glass in celebration of that. That's the bottle of champagne. <laughs> yes. I'm joint second now. So, there we go. Uh, right. Movie news then, James. Uh, the, the, the main bit of actual movie news this week is that somehow, despite all the odds, despite the terrible reviews, and somehow, despite the fact that we're boycotting it, um, Taken 2 has taken, excuse the tip pun, I didn't even mean that, um, $50 million on its opening weekend in the US. It's taken $100 million worldwide. It's basically already made back its money, and that pretty I guarantee he's taken three where, I don't know, his kid loses a pony and he's got to go and ask for it politely or something like that. You, I mean, um, you so could say disgusting. Especially because Dread has bombed in the US. Mm. There is no justice in the world. You could say people have taken to this film. <laughs> Ever ready with those puns, Steve? Yeah. Doesn't matter how much lemon sip I've had, I can do it. <laughs> Even when he's tripping balls, he's still pulling out the puns. <laughs> the best one I, I've seen so far on Twitter is Taken to the Cleaners, uh, was the, one of the suggestions for the film. Um, I, I Earlier, I was quite happy I came up with uh, Taken to Taken the Piss. That, that, was, that was my little... No, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Yeah, just just editing the tumbleweed afterwards. Steve. Yeah, that would be used. no need, was there? No, no need to. Really, edit really funny LinkedIn, uh, not LinkedIn, uh, letterbox review. All <laughs> because you're all work now, aren't you? You're all pro, you're all work, work, work now, Jerry. Yeah, just well, chasing well. the Yankee dollar. Yeah, Jerry. There's my office. The there's my office everyone. reference Jerry's for the night, Jerry. Yeah, but the audience. This it might be a, a reasonable time of day for the audience for me to be in the suit. Okay, yeah, I've not thought that through. Right, yes, that's movie news done, um, which wasn't really movie news, it was just movie It was an excuse bitch. Movie nonsense, essentially, which is yeah. uh, what you can expect for the next 40 minutes or so. God, yeah, it's a good job I'm back, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going really well. <laughs> uh, right, James, what are you reviewing this week? Okay, yeah, this week... Um, Owen sent me a film in the post. Oh, it was exciting. I like well, to get the post. No, no, uh, no emailing or downloading from Dropbox from me. That's all right. We're going old school. Discs in the post in, the le- in yeah. an actual envelope and everything. Yeah, with a nice little note telling me how to watch it and everything like that. Um, yeah, I watched Paranormal Activity, um, mainly because we're watching, we're, we're reviewing Paranormal Activity 4 later on this month, the main review. And I heard that... Um, that will be linked to the first film. So I thought, I better watch the first film. That turns out it's probably linked to the second film as well. So I think I might have to watch that. And indeed the third. So, I mean... Oh, Jesus Christ. Right, anyway. (laughs) So, Paranormal Activity, um, if you don't know about it, it's very simple. Uh, It's a found footage film uh, in the style of of Blair Witch Project, uh, Chronicle, the Apollo Nazi film. Um... And like so, yeah, it seems there seem to be so many of them. But this this is one of the kind of I'd say the original ones. Blair Witch came a good few years before it, but then found footage went quiet for a little bit, and this film started off the current craze for found footage. Uh, it's about a young couple who have been getting weird disturbances in their house, and they decide to record the strange paranormal activity. Uh, See, that's the title of the film. It's clever, that. Um, Going on in their house. Um, And it's not a spoiler. The pre-title card, um, where it says that the families, the two main characters, have kind of gave their cooperation for this film, kind of gives away that this isn't going to end very well. Um, And my main problem was... Everyone kept, even the cover of the film told me it was the scariest thing ever. And the insert in the DVD told me about, um, after I've watched it, go outside and get some fresh air and stuff like that. And I was expecting to be seriously head-fucked by this film. And it didn't happen. It didn't scare me much. I've, I've told you what... And ladies and gentlemen, this is a man who cries at pretty much every film. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it didn't make me cry I... either. Yeah. So I... this is, it's failing on. I've told you what to do, though, after watching Paranormal Activity. Now, the, watch yeah. it in the evening, so when it finishes, it's dark, 
Um, and then watch lots of ghost videos on YouTube. Yeah. Then I try and go sleep. Because <laughs> <laughs> that. that works. I'm telling you, yeah, if you, yeah, if you want a sleepless that. night, do that. Yeah, why would I want to sleep? I've got a toddler. I mean, why would I? Why would I want to have an artificially sleepless night? Uh, I, I, to be honest, I watched it one morning, um, so that probably didn't help so much either. But I did turn my phone off and I completely focused on the film. Um, my main problem, and it was quite interesting. I was watching it, working out why aren't I that scared by this? Because ghost stories do scare me a lot. Um, quite recently, I would watch The Innkeepers, and I had to turn that off. Um, watch it the next, watch the rest of it the next day because it was freaking me out too much. Um, the Exorcist scares the absolute crap out of me, I, I, and I love it. Um, and I was trying to work out what it was, and I actually think it's an. It, I've got an issue, and not everyone will have this issue, but I've definitely got an issue with found footage films because um, I was watching this, and the the amateur footage side of it was actually alienating me as an audience member rather than immersing me into the story. I spent the whole time looking at camera angles going, well, that doesn't seem very natural. Well, why would he leave the camera run? And I was, because of the concept, because of the way it's been filmed, I, I couldn't believe it, which is odd because really you think about the main selling point of a found footage film is that it should be more realistic. Okay, there's the commercial side of it, which is, well, Paranormal Activity, I think, cost $15,000 to make and made $100 million box office. So, you know, it's a no-brainer commercially. And the fact is you can get away with using poor equipment, cheaper actors um, and natural sets with natural lighting and stuff like that on found footage films. So... They're very cheap to make because of the concept. But the other thing is they should feel more real and they're meant to be scarier because it could be real. Because, look, this is like real people. That's why they usually use unknown actors uh, because you don't know them from something else. So they're just the person you're seeing. They quite often use improvised dialogue. And I know the paranormal activity was very much like that. The two main characters didn't have a script as such. They were told what was happening in each scene and to kind of act it out between themselves and that natural footage. But thinking about it, our, our film-watching experiences override that. Um, I, I can watch a beautifully shot ghost story that's beautifully shot as a film and I can be immersed in that because I've got used to watching that. Um, so, yeah, our brains have gotten used to us... Um, filtering films and immersing us in despite the fact that they are very artificial but so an attempt to be ultra realistic actually sticks out like a sore thumb and it's a bit like the 3d situation you know we're told that 3d is the most immersive way to watch a film because look you've got um depth of uh vision and things like that but the fact is as human beings we have watched films in 2d for over 100 years and our 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 eyes and our minds have adapted and we can see depth of vision despite the fact that it's a flat 2d images because our brains have tricked us into being able to see these uh the depth in the in the field so that when 3d comes along again it looks unnatural and you end up like dicking around with your glasses and stuff like that going oh how does that work so these attempts to make things natural actually alienate certainly me uh, i know that there are the found footage genre does have a fan base out there. And I think part of that is connected that it usually found footage films are horror films. I, I can't think of any other... I, I don't know if anyone can correct me here, that there's not really any found footage comedies or... No, I mean... Chron I think found was, footage romance films. Project X Chronicle. something. Oh, Chronicle, yeah. Chronicle's okay, not... Yeah. Have you, has right, any yeah. of you... Um, Project have... X is a new one, actually. Mm. Yeah, this year. Well, while we're on them... There haven't been too many. While we're on found footage, have any of you actually seen Chronicle yet? Yeah. What do you I'm think not... of it? What did I think of it? Yeah. Um, I I liked it. I thought it was one of them where I really liked it. The end I didn't like quite so much, but I think there was potential that they didn't quite use. But it was a good film. Just it, I think it could have been a lot better than it was, mm. but it was still a good film. I think it's, it's, it's very recommended viewing. I, I, a lot of people have told me it is very good. And it, I think it, Steve... You said you liked it on one yeah. of our earlier podcasts. Yeah, it, it is very good. It's something a bit different on like the superhero mm. kind of film, or the origin story of a superhero. Mm. But like Jerry said, the ending's a bit 
you know, the ending isn't great, and I think they just tacked it on to kind of bag a sequel should they want to go down that path. Yeah, it's kind of like they ran out of ideas. My, but my worry with that, and it's the same issue that I had with this, is I don't, I just don't believe the character that films everything. Okay, I sit there going, "You're you're you're an annoying twat." No, no, no he, one he, does that. He was and, an annoying. He was an annoying yeah. character. I quite like. I quite like the film. Um, yeah, but I did think he was very annoying, and I could understand why he stuck with her after she wouldn't get her ample chest out on the camera. <laughs> I mean, I would have been. I would have been straight. What's the point? You know, why am I even bothering to film anymore? If you're, you know, you're not going to do that. I, mean, I suppose we wouldn't have had this franchise if if that had happened, though. So, yes. See, I mean, I, I alienated the gay view, uh, the gay listeners. <laughs> Steve's alienating the women this week. I'm not alienating anyone. I'm just saying, if I was in that situation and I said, "Go on," and you went, "No," I'd be like, oh, I "Might as well put the camera down then." Yeah, <laughs> and but then there was some really weird, like him playing guitar. That that uh, there were uh, too many shots where obviously they had to be there, otherwise you haven't got a film. Um, and you know, for pacing reasons, you need to have the quiet moments of normal life for the paranormal activity to disrupt. I understand that, but all I'm saying is, I I was sat there going, "Well, that's stupid. Why would he be? Fi- why would he leave the camera there and film them just eating some cereal? Uh, that that either." If he did do that, I hate him. Um, yeah. Or if or if he didn't, then I again I'm I'm being pulled out of the film a little bit with those bits. And it was just the fact that he I hated him. So I thought her performance, uh, Kate, the woman who played Katie, who's called Katie in this, um, I thought her performance was actually very good. Uh, and towards the end, I could sense the terror in her, and I believed her as a character. Didn't believe him as a character at all. But the film didn't scare me that much. It must have made um, you jump a few times. Oh no, there were a few jumps. Um, but I, there's no artistry to jumps. No, I can. But I mean, I, I rarely get. I rarely get scared or freaked out by any kind of <clears throat> film. But I mean, some of them will make you jump, which will go on to yeah, sinister. But uh, I mean, uh, I wasn't really creeped uh, out by it. But you know, I was more creeped out by amateur like, ghost videos on YouTube. Yeah. Do it. Uh, What's paranormal? Do it. Paranormal do activity it. made me jump in places. It did definitely make me jump. But making me jump, it, making you jump, isn't it? That, that's like telling a bad joke and someone groaning. It's it's it. Is, it does elicit a reaction. Is making you is, is a film a horror film making you jump as easy as any film making you cry? Um, <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Uh, that is a tough one, actually. Uh, again, it, it, it's an interesting point, though, because some poor films have made me cry because they have they they've just elicited a cheap reaction out of me. I suppose Marley and, and Me is the prime example thing. of that. It's just a very <laughs> average film, and then the ending is you know if you don't get upset by the ending of Marley and Me, you really haven't got a soul. See, I've not seen Marley and Me now. I better not. Well, it's just it's. Not. I can't bring myself to watch Marley and Me. I it, just know because I, I, I know what happens. Yeah, the, the whole the whole film is really just average, plain, generic film. Nothing interesting, yeah. and then the ending, you're just like, why did you make a film like that? Why would you do that? If you want to save yourself a couple of hours, there is a great video on YouTube and Vimeo called "Last Days with Odin," which is uh, a guy basically having to go and get his dog put down, and he's talking while he's travelling there and talking afterwards and stuff. So it's got all the sad bits. Oh, like Jennifer Aniston just fucking annoying everyone. That, that, that floppy head really for two hours before you get the emotional <laughs> bit. Why would I want to do that, though? <laughs> Ouch. Although there is a film that I keep putting off seeing, I keep nearly clicking on it on Netflix, called Letter to Zachary. I don't know if any of oh, you have yeah. heard it. Yeah, yeah that sounds... I, I won't go into it now. If anyone wants to look it up, look it up. But at some point, I'm clearly going to watch that and just top myself at the end of it or something. So, but, Paranormal yeah, Activity. Paranormal Activity, yeah. Um, it, like I say, making me jump is is easy. Making me feel so creeped out I need to turn the film off is very difficult. And actually, Innkeepers did that, and that wasn't a great film, but there was a really good... It at least built a world that creeped the hell out of me. Paranormal Activity didn't do that for me. Ghost Watch, BBC's Ghost Watch did it for me. And, and I don't know, I, I need to go back and rewatch that because. No, was that the BBC's thing with Ghost Parkinson? Watch was better than Paranormal. Yeah, with um, Craig Charles and uh, Sarah Green and Pipes. 
pipe scares the shit out of me, actually. Craig Ch- See, what? A, Lister? A, <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. What? Before he was Lister, I think. Right. Just about, or, or or very early on in his career there, yeah. And uh, Michael Parkinson at the end turning into a massive fucking demon. Wow. <laughs> well, it, that's, I, I need to watch Ghostwatch again. But um, yeah, Paranormal Activity, I, I at least I admire it for, um, from a business point of view. It's very cleverly made. It was cleverly marketed. I admire it. It wasn't a terrible film. It just didn't live up to the hype. But it again, it reminds me of um, when I showed Halloween to someone, uh, John Carpenter's Halloween, and I was really excited to share it with them. And they were like, oh, I've seen all this before. And it's like, no, but this was the first one. Everything you've seen before copied it from here. So I can see that maybe my jaded nature with found footage films is a little bit unfair because I've gone back and watched one of the kind of grandfathers of it, and that's that, why it, it bores me. We had a, that sort of discussion last week, actually, when okay. I, I reviewed um, Evil Dead on the Triple Bill, mm-hmm. and Jerry sort of made the point that, well, I said that Evil Dead still feels quite fresh to me whenever I watch it. Um, I think Jerry sort of made the point then that, well, when when you go back and watch it now, it probably doesn't have the same impact if you if you well if you've not seen it before and you watch it, it probably yeah. doesn't have the same impact. I'm, I'm still of the opinion actually that I think it probably would. I mean, Paranormal Activity to me, I, I, I can see see your point about how um, because all, all the sort of famed footage films that came after it was um, probably diluted because of diluted Paranormal Activity because of that. But for me, I still I I definitely found it a very scary film. Paranormal Activity, not just because of the jumps, mm. you know, which you talked about. It, it kind of had that sustained feeling of making you jump all the way through. That just sort of very quick adrenaline rush of, oh my God, that thing's really scary. You know, it had that all the way through for me. I was really on edge through the whole film. And I kind of have to disagree slightly about your, your opinion on that. Uh, no, that's fair enough. Um, like I said, I I freely admit that, that I I think everyone comes to films with their own baggage and their own filter and things like that. And clearly, I've I I'm not buying into um, fan footage and, and films of this kind of sense. Um, yeah, because, I mean, because, I, because I I'm not I'm not allowing myself to for one reason or another I'm not allowing myself to get completely immersed in the film. Uh, I'm I'm finding things to distract me from it, um, and 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 I, I I did think it was very well made and put together. Um, considering it, it was so cheaply made as well. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't it wasn't made with this wider distribution in mind. It was just made as a short little film. Yeah. that was then picked up by a studio and distributed. And I saw it was quite interesting. Uh, when the studio picked it up, they were going to their original plan was to remake it and then yeah. release that film as a DVD extra. Which yeah. just, but I'm, I'm really pleased they went that way with it. And um, mm. and yeah, I, yeah, it's it's filmmakers making film for peanuts and yeah, they're living. The, I, I I really admire what the filmmakers did, and I think there was a lot of good with the went on in that film it just didn't do what it said on the tin for me and that's why i was disappointed i was expecting to be more scared and may- and again maybe the fact that i was challenging it to scare me also didn't help hmm. um mm-hmm. owen then yeah. what have you been watching <laughs> this week um well uh, obviously not paranormal activity because james has my dvd but um <laughs> you'll never see that again i'm sending you the killing tomorrow though i'm sending oh, great. you back killing tomorrow fantastic yeah so I you really can slag that off that. and annoy me well, i don't i don't I'll ever <laughs> slag I that off well, it's awesome. um <laughs> uh, but i did go to the cinema to watch a film that i'm pretty sure none of us would have chosen to go and see on our own it was the campaign starring uh will ferrell and zach J- the one from the hangover with the beard the one from hangover with the beard that's him that's how i refer to him i can't pronounce his surname yeah but uh, yeah, offending whatever nationality his I mean, name is. Is it Greek? Possibly. Seems Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, but it's made by Jay Roach, who um, is of Meet the Parents and Meet the Fockers fame and Austin Powers movies as well. So I mean, I did go into it expecting maybe it's going to be a little bit better than what it looked like from the trailers. 
um, you know, perhaps it might be quite satirical uh, and have a few laughs in it, but yeah, it didn't, it, it didn't really have a lot of laughs and it wasn't very satirical. It was very light. It was all right. I mean, Will, it's very Will Ferrell-centric film, just not as much of some of, some of his other output that's been just awful. Um, but, it, you know, from the trailers, it kind of looks like it is all about Will Ferrell and it's all his typical jokes, you know, the stuff about him saying he could lift a car off a baby with his hair and stuff. Interestingly, that joke wasn't in the film. There was quite oh. a bit from the trailer that wasn't in the film. I think they must have made it specifically to show him in the trailers and stuff. Which is quite interesting. Um bit different. But um yeah. Uh but yeah, the, I mean some of the jokes when we talked about the dictator before, great di- mm. no the dictator. The dictator yeah. you know Sasha Baron Cohen, not the the um, Charlie Chaplin one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> some of the jokes in that we sort of agreed, I think, that some were really funny and some were just awful. It didn't really have a middle ground. You either really laughed at it or you just thought those were awful. This was just really the opposite, where everything is just in the middle. You know, some of the jokes there, okay to chuckle at, not particularly terrible. Some of them, yeah, you know, it's kind of just a really middle-of-the-road style of humour. Um and I'm not one of these people who outright hates Will Ferrell. Mm. I ha- I do like some of his films. Anchorman, obviously, we've talked about it previously, and that is a funny film. He's funny in it. I quite like him in Zoolander as well, uh, and obviously like Elf and stuff. And I was watching Step Brothers earlier, and to my great shame, I was laughing quite a bit at that. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, I don't I don't hate the guy. I think he's put out some really awful films, but this isn't one of his most awful films. Um. It's not ever hilarious, isn't it, like he is in Anchorman, but he's, again, I mean, just like all the, the, the jokes in it, it's just not hilarious, but it's not just completely shit either. And I suppose it's slightly unfair for me to just keep going on about Will Ferrell, because Zach, um, blah, 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 he's, you know, the guy from Hangover, he's um, probably plays a better character, or at least someone who's more interesting to watch on screen. He, he has a bit more um, development, and he, I suppose he provides some of the more funny side of the jokes but the, you know it's kind of split 50 50 between the two of them really um yeah but yeah i wouldn't recommend it i was quite excited to, when i heard that actually dan Aykroyd and john lithgow were going to be in it together as well and they were going to be on screen together as this like corporate brothers who own this um oil firm i think and were trying to sell off some land to the chinese i thought yep yeah, okay well at least they're going to be really funny but unfortunately they were a bit disappointed as well just felt like they were lifted straight out of like a 90s kids film really yeah. obvious jokes and mm. i mean it, even the satire in it, it's it's there it's just not biting at all it's just really mm. soft and fluffy and obviously there so that even the most stupid of audience members is going to be able to pick up on the satirical side of it and i, I mean thankfully it was just mercifully short it was just mm. it, it didn't go on for too long it had a an all right pace like say everything was middle of the road so it, it just kind of moved along quite quickly really but um yeah i wouldn't recommend it if it's on tv and it's a sunday evening and it's on film four watch half an hour of it <laughs> but it's not one of those films to go out of your way to buy or rent talking I've, I've of um nearly been... oh sorry i was just gonna say i've nearly been to watch it a couple of times yeah. when i've been a bit of a loose because i'm like I, I quite like will farrell and i thought <laughs> I thought, well, maybe there'll be enough jokes to mm-hmm. like, be worth going to see it cheaply for 90 minutes, but sounds like I won't bother. Thank you. Well, I had an unlimited, the unlimited card for Cinema World, so it doesn't cost me anything to, to go and see these, apart from like, petrol money. <laughs> yeah, so it's all right. I was, I was trying to sort of use it as leverage to take my wife to see Sinister, but she wouldn't want to go. She didn't yeah. go in the end. It was just basically a failed evening for both of us. Oh, I forgot as well. I, um, the other thing, I, sorry, Steve. The other thing I watched this week was I rewatched Cabin in the Woods, and it reminded me that was our first film. That uh, I got, I got tear up again. That is our first film we did as a podcast, and I still really enjoyed it. But my wife hated it, and it really surprised me. That's all. <laughs> she absolutely loathed me, the fact that I made her watch it, and she did that with um, Jeff, who lives at home this year. I've, I've said to her twi- just twice this year, I think you'll really like this film, and she's hated it both times, and now she won't watch she it. She hated Jeff who lives at home. Yeah, she hated it. She said it was indie, uh, pretentious, wanky bullshit. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm going to see Reed. That's the kind of impression I've got from the trailer. It's going to be, you know, indie wanky bullshit. Basically. <laughs> I hope it's not. But... Jerry, are you generally a, a fan of um, indie wanky bullshit? Um, it depends. Mm. I, I, I think some some of them can get very annoying, but then other films I seem to like, despite going into it thinking this is going to annoy me because it's going to be indie wanky bullshit. Yeah, I know. I, I, I personally felt Jeffrey Lives at Home was above that level of indie wanky bullshit that I, I do get annoyed by. Um, uh, like, oh, what's the name? Diablo Cody films and things like that, but no. Uh, Owen, so how much of the campaign should you watch on a uh, Sunday evening on TV? Um, the middle bit. Just, uh, but what length the of what, what length yeah. of the film? The, no, just the, there's a half an hour yeah. in the middle where it's quite funny. Talking, ta- talking just... of watching only half an hour of films, Jerry, what have you watched this week? Oh, <laughs> we <laughs> named that one there. Well, I wanted to do it when Owen first said it, and now they come back around. Set that one up. Perfectly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I had an abortive attempt to watch where we need to talk about Kevin because the disc was scratched and stopped working after 54 minutes, precisely, which was lovely of it. But I was enjoying it up to that point. Um, I decided I'm going to start a little bit of a thing because I haven't watched anything else. So, as I probably know a lot more about Spanish cinema than anybody else on this podcast, speak for yourself. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's a, that's a bold claim. Yeah. Uh, I thought I'd just, you know, talk about some of my favourite Spanish films uh, when I haven't got anything to review. So I'll start with a dead obvious one. Everybody all right with that? Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Whoa, it's yeah. come out of left field. Yeah. Let's go with it, Jeff. Oh, well, you, you've, yeah. you've thrown us here, so I mean, fill, fill the time while we try and regroup. <laughs> okay. Um, thought I'd start with a fairly... Well, it's fairly well-known, but then it's not well-known. Um it won an Oscar in 2003 for Best Writing in an Original Screenplay, which is by Pedro Almodóvar, who a lot of people will know from uh, All About My Mother. Uh, he did uh, Wallover a couple of years ago. He's done The Skin I Live In this year. Was it this year or was it last year? Whenever it was. You know, he's quite. He's probably the most famous Spanish director out there. This is a film called Talk to Her, which is... On unusual subject matter, shall what's, we say. Has anybody here watched it before I go? I haven't there? seen it, no. No? No. Owen? No. no. Um, Steve, I'm not, why am I asking you? <laughs> I was just going to say, don't bother with Steve. <laughs> well, um, he was not, Almodovar was nominated for Best Director for this film, which is quite an achievement, really, getting it. that nod when you're doing a, a film that's not in the English language. It won the BAFTA, uh, it won, won loads of awards. It basically tells the story of, hmm, how to put this, it tells the story of two men who sort of develop a really weird friendship, maybe, um, because they're both caring about women in comas, right? They're, they're caring for or caring about women in comas. That's how their relationship develops. They sort of meet through this. One of them is Benigno, who is a nurse. He's a bit camp, he's a bit poorly, you know. Um and he's looking after a ballet dancer who's in a vegetative state, basically. And then there is Marco, who is, you know, more of a, a man's man uh, and is in looking after the most famous uh, bullfighter in Spain, who is a woman. She's the most famous female uh, bullfighter in Spain. According, according to the film, she's actually, you know, a famous female bullfighter. Um and she's been gored and is in a coma as well. So Marco's in visiting and Benigno works there and they sort of strike up a bit of a friendship. <sighs> I, I can't really go into it too much more because there's a sort of event later on which basically the idea of the film is to make you sort of understand and like these characters even though their motivations are a bit weird, even though they're maybe... Um, the, the chronology of the film is, is thrown about a bit so that you sort of understand their lives a bit more. And it's very much a world. And if you like sort of French Nouvelle Vague cinema, which I love it, don't. Um, <laughs> love it. <laughs> Can't get enough of it. Yeah, I know. It's fighting with Mighty Ducks for a place in your uh, if, Hall of Fame, is it? If, if you said to me, Steve, you could only watch one type of cinema for the rest of your life, it would be French Nouvelle Vague easily. 
or sports films from the early 90s about hockey teams. No, no, that wouldn't get anywhere near. <laughs> I must have you confused with someone else, Steve. No, no, um, no. Yeah, it's, 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 an odd, it's an odd film, I think is the best way I can describe it. And it's a real captivating uh, story in life. And, and because of the way it's told, it's a very great sort of directorial style. He's very careful, it's very poised. A bit like I talked about with um, uh, the French film Hidden that I watched a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. It has that sort of very deliberate style. And, then, you know, from a, if you're watching the direction, it's fantastic. Um, it's one of my favourite films of his. It's an absolutely brilliant film. Um, it's just really well put together and yeah, basically it's exploring emotions and motivations and things that you wouldn't get in, in, in British uh, and English language cinema at all. I think that's safe to say. Um, and it's very unflinching and you basically, you end up sort of liking and rooting for people despite maybe, you know, you, you're thinking, why are they looking after these women in comas? It's a bit weird, you know, there's things going on. It's not, you know, very um, sexualized and uh, homo, sort of homo-friendly, shall we say. I think that's how it's usually described. Uh, Almodovar's films usually are. Um, it's a brilliant, brilliant film. Very sort of contemplative. Probably not the best film to watch if you're taking a girl out on a date. But it's very good. It's a real thinker. So that's that's your starter for... Spanish cinema, if the only thing you've seen is Pan's Labyrinth. If you haven't seen Pan's Labyrinth, go and watch that, because otherwise what? I'll pester you like what? I pestered James. What about the original Wreck? Uh, see, I've not seen that, because it just looked a bit shit. It's Spanish, isn't it? So, I mean... It is. Yeah. Oh, wait, that, I bet I will see it. it to watch it. Yeah. Of course yeah. I haven't seen first... it. Yeah, of course. First one's good, second one's shit. There we go. Top reviewing, yeah. Owen. There we go. <laughs> We're all I haven't got any more in-depth yeah. than that. It is a same footage film. Yeah, You know when I was getting some um, criticism for not watching foreign films? I'm going to throw this back with a foreign found footage film. James, here's one that might change your mind on found footage. The Troll Hunter. Watch that. Really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, no, that, yeah that's true. Do you know what? And I, I, I will accept found footage films which are found footage um, from aborted documentaries because i believe that because in a documentary you do film everything so that, that that's where there's a loophole so troll hunter i i will be able to believe because it's a about a tv crew isn't it um yeah, yeah. seriously seriously yeah. though watch it because it's it is really good yeah and man bites dog is another one like that because it's about a tv it's about a film crew filming i can believe that if there's a legitimate reason for the film, it's people go, oh, I've got a video camera and I'm going to film everything in my life. That's when I lose interest. There we go. Just to, just in case people... Did you not like American Beauty then? Um, that's different. That wasn't a found footage. That wasn't entirely found. I don't mind found footage being interlaced with lovely directorial, lovely Sam Mendes, lovely Mina Savari in Petals. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Um... No, I don't mind that. It's it's when the whole concept is it's entirely found footage. That's why I didn't mind Blair Witch because they were making a film, so obviously they would have filmed everything and had loads of footage. Um, dickhead in Paranormal Activity filming himself having breakfast. Don't buy it. Uh, but he's there's a point to it. He's trying he's trying to capture the stuff that's happening, and his wife, yeah. you know, his girlfriend, you know, his wife is he? just keeps no. saying, "Don't film it, don't film it, don't talk to it and stuff." Ah, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I am resisting this urge to <laughs> unleash a tyrant of abuse, but I'll, I will I will resist. Very restrained of you. I'll well, wait till the Paranormal yeah. Podcast, at least. Right then, Sinister, um, we will be doing a spoiler review for this film, because James has got something to rant about again, but we'll, yeah, tell you, we'll tell you when that is coming up, like we usually do. Um, just, James, introduce the film then for everyone. Okay, so, uh, yeah, Sinister, written and directed by Scott Derrickson, who did The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which I've not seen, and the uh, remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves, which I've not seen. So he's got a real back, uh, 
<laughs> kind of track record there. Um, but yeah, it's the story of, um, I can't remember the chap's name now, but it's Ethan Hawke, basically, is a true crime writer and he moves his family out to the sticks to work on his latest book and lots of weird, freaky shit starts happening to him. There you go. There we go. I've sold it, haven't I? Yeah. <laughs> um, what do we all think of the film, then? Well, I didn't watch it, so... There we go. I, I thought it was okay. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm actually really good that I didn't get to see it, so I was really looking forward to it. Because the trailer made it look like it was, you know, the first genuinely scary horror film for quite a long time. Um, I yeah. did, I... It... Hmm... I liked it. The trailer freaked me out before I went to see it. Actually, we all we already know I get a bit scared of films. Uh, I don't like scary films that are genuinely going to mess with my head. Um, uh, Evil Dead Two is another one I had to turn off halfway through, and that's a bloody comedy for God's sake. But that freaked me out um, so much, so I had to turn it off. And so when during the trailer a line came up from, I think it was from Ain't It Cool News that said Sinister is going to fuck a lot of people up. I was like, oh, great. This is just the kind of film I need to go and see. Um, <laughs> and uh, to be honest, I, I, I still quite enjoyed it. I think the first half was excellent. I really enjoyed the first half. Um, and maybe I'll have to go into why I didn't enjoy it so much at the end in spoiler review. But overall... I didn't regret going to see it. No, it wasn't. Not about damning by faint praise. Come on. Uh, it, well, yeah, I, I didn't I, regret th- seeing it. So, there was some good. I, uh, I did think Ethan Hawke put in a very good performance. I'm, um, I'm quite, he... I'm quite freaked out by the fact I didn't even realise it was Ethan Hawke. <laughs> I, I don't know why I didn't. I didn't even know until you just mentioned it. Oh, I was, I was even going to. I was even going to make a point that in in horror films you don't tend to get big stars in them. And why is that? And now it's just completely, you know. Oh, I wish you'd gone first, Nash. <laughs> That's up the wall. Does anybody else find Ethan Hawke to be an insufferable twat? That's just me. Uh, I'm not, is this mainly because you didn't like uh, Before Sunset? Maybe. Yeah, because he's awesome in Gattaca. I mean, he's um, he's brilliant when you don't realise it's him. <laughs> this, this is the first of his films I've seen, actually. Really? I know he's been in like a million, but I've somehow oh. managed to avoid them all. Oh, not, not by choice. Just isn't he? Isn't he? Isn't he in, isn't he he in the original Blade? Sorry, he did oh. cameo in Total Recall. Did he? Oh, did he? Is? I didn't yes. see that. Oh. The, the new one. I IMDb'd him this afternoon. Oh, right. <laughs> well, there you go. I've seen one film of his, and I didn't even realise. And you didn't even know it was there. Um. He reminds me of an older James Franco. He, he, there was, I could see James Franco in five years playing this if his career doesn't kind of pick up a little bit. Um, but I thought he was good, and I really liked the interplay between him and James Ranson, who was playing deputy so and so, the local deputy, bit of a fan. And I quite, I quite like the uh, the dynamic they had going on there. It added a bit of. Uh, light relief at times when you really needed it actually because if a film like this is completely dark and horrible it just gets too much and I think the moments of levity were very very important to this film Hmm. I mean to compare it to a similar sort, I mean the way that it it was shot and everything felt very similar to Insidious Hmm. Um, it, it kind of is a sort of companion piece to it almost, it's it just felt in the same kind of atmosphere as Insidious did. But I thought Sinister was probably the better film. I did like Insidious, but Sinister just feels a lot more... I mean, you were talking about the kind of jumps and stuff in Paranormal Activity. Mm. Yeah. It, I mean, they were there in Sinister. Yeah. But it was it's just the way that it was shot was just so much more clever than that, I felt. You know, the way yeah. that Ethan Hawke would just be kind of in the edge of the screen or just, you know, kind of in the corner during the whole shot. So you're kind of looking around for, for stuff to happen and it doesn't happen or, you know, there's something you you kind of expect to happen, but you think at the back of your mind, that's not going to happen, actually. Mm. And then it does, and it's still quite yeah. quite, quite scary, I thought, you know, makes you jump. And so I think that was done really well. And um, Insidious is a little bit less so... In that, in that sense. But, oh, okay. 
you know, just to stop comparing the two and just talk about Sinister for a second. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like I said, I really liked it. It's probably one of the best seven out of ten films I've ever seen, you know. Okay, so 7.8, 7. 7. 7. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of, you know, I wouldn't... It's not one of these films I'd, I'd probably say, actually, it's one of my favourite horror films. But I did really enjoy it. It was a little disappointing in the sense that the trailer did make it look quite awesome. Mm. Um, but I think I got numbed to, to the trailer eventually. Every time I went to the cin- yeah. cinema, it seemed to be on every single time. So Yeah. I've one... seen almost every horror film that's ever been made. So All that. Yeah. There was one bit, actually, I don't think it's a spoiler because it was actually in the trailer. And it was a shame because then I was looking out for it and um, and when I saw it, the impact was less. But there's this bit where he's got a, a picture of a face up on the screen and he's not looking at this computer screen and the face turns to look at him. That in the trailer, that's the one that really, really scared <laughs> me. Um and there was a couple of, there were a couple of nice bits like that. Like I said, I think the first half of the film was setting up a very, very creepy world, which unsettled me massively. Uh, but to me, it unraveled a bit in the second half of the film as the nature of the threat and the mild peril was revealed. Um, I, I was less scared and creeped out by it then. Uh, and it tended to rely a little bit more on shock value rather than outright creepiness. Yeah, I mean, more the longer it went on, you're right, the, the less it kind of re- relied on having an actually quite a good story to it, you know, mm. quite a good backstory yeah. to the characters and stuff. And yeah, you're right, it just kind of fell into a little bit of a lull, mm. um, which is and a I shame. Thought, yeah, I thought it set up the, the, the story and the mystery really well. Yeah. And then I wasn't that impressed by the explanation of it as well. But I don't think that helped. Yeah. Well, I've got something to say in spoiler alert about the, the sort of mystery side of it, but I'll hold off until then so I don't ruin yeah. it for anyone. But yeah, it, it was what was it? But just over an yeah, hour and forty minutes. Um, it 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 was one of the better horrors that I think you're seeing over this year. Quite yeah, you know, probably almost certainly this year. Mm. Um, and yeah, Ethan. But going back to Ethan Hawke, he was in Train Day. Have none of you seen Training Day? Yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. He's in another uh, quite famous Gat- one. He's in Gattaca. He's in Training Day. He's in... He's in the Dead uh, Society. He's in Dead Poets Society. He's in Lord uh, of yeah, War. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of Dead Poets Society. Yeah, Lord of War. I was in Daybreakers. That's what I thought he was in um, Blade. Lord of War was a great film. I really like Lord of War. Um, it's got Nick Cage in. I can always watch Nick Cage. And it's the guy who did Truman Show as well. This guy directed Truman Show and then went on to do In Time and... His films might not always completely work, but they're always a really interesting idea. Lord of War has also got the one of the best um, pre-credit sequences I've ever seen in a film. Yeah, it's, it's a really good film, actually. Yeah, but, it is good, yeah. But nobody seems to have watched it. No, I, I, I really like it. Yeah, Ethan Hawke plays um, the, uh, the uh, FBI agent going after um, Nick Cage in it. And um, the chap from that terrible punk band who, uh, Jared Leto, plays his younger brother. There we go. Sorry. <laughs> Just being the human IMDb for you here. I apologise. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, well, he's yeah, also pretty good. Boston Rising Before Sunset, which you need to avoid, like the plague. Um, <laughs> so I think I'm, I've still not watched them, but I think I'm going to really like them. Just to really, I'm, I'm almost. Even if I don't, I think I might say that I do. Just really want you up, Jerry. I was going to say, it's making me hate life just thinking about that film. Yeah. <laughs> and they've just done a new one. Um, oh, wow. They, they, they filmed it in secret. It's been announced. And obviously everyone who reads Sight and Sound, that kind of thing, is dead excited. But yeah, it's uh, called, it's something about Before Dawn or something like that. But yeah, they they over the summer, they got together and filmed it in a couple of weeks without anyone knowing. So that you should definitely watch that, Jerry. Says so all that they could film that shite in a couple of weeks. Um, couple of things before. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm currently I've got the sinister uh, Wikipedia page open in front of me. Uh, if you could give it up now, somebody has been uh, editing the names. I'm not sure if it's really immaturely funny or not funny at all yet. Um, so I'll let one of you get on there and um have a look. I'll have to have a look. Yeah. And um. 
Yeah, did anyone else think when the, um, the, was it pagan deity, I suppose, the mm. protagonist came on the screen, was I the only one who thought WWE slash WWF's Jeff Hardy? <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I didn't at the time, but yeah, retrospectively, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Which kind of took the edge off the film for me a bit. Because... <laughs> oh, it's immaturely funny, Steve. Yeah. All I kept yeah. thinking, it took the edge off like the scariest of the films, I just thought, that's Jeff Hardy. <laughs> so, I mean... <laughs> Was that you doing the, uh, the edits then? No, no, I would have been far funnier and, you know... <laughs> It's brilliant. Yeah. Do we read some excerpts out? Go, go, as you haven't seen the film, Jerry, you can uh, read some excerpts out. Do the the opening paragraph for us then, Jerry. The film opens on Super 8 footage where a family of four are standing under a tree with bags over their heads and nooses around their necks. The family is lifted by their necks and strangled until they are dead. Months later, true crime novelist Professor Dickweed... I'm, I'm getting a far different edit to what you've got. Oh, this is the one I've got. That's this one is, I've got as well. Yeah. The one brackets, I've got. Dickatron moves into the same house as the murdered family with his wife, Becky, brackets, Tits McGee, and their two children, Cretin Head, brackets, Cretin, and Llama's Anus, Aslan. <laughs> Professor Dickweed uses the murders as the basis for his new book, etc., etc. What's yours, Steve? The opening bit of the one that I've got loaded up says the film opens on Super 8 footage where a family of four are standing under a tree with condoms over their heads <laughs> and nooses around their necks. Um, the family is lifted by their necks and strangled till they climax. Then it's the same <laughs> as what you said. So, I mean, I don't know. It's got a Tory webpage, I think. Yes, it's definitely Wikipedia, though, but I don't quite know what's going on with it. Um, and Han Solo was in there as well. Yeah, Han yeah. Solo. Um, someone's changed it back now. <laughs> it's fine. In- ah. Interestingly, it says he calls the deputy James Ransom. He did. He, the deputy, played by James Ransom, is the only person who has been left alone in this. Oh, which makes me think. Yeah. Someone was annoyed they didn't get a bigger part. <laughs> I did like that character, though. He was. Yeah, oh, I thought that was that. Yeah, that was de- de- deputy so and so. And the sheriff, who I've seen so many films as well, he's he's always very cool. I just can't remember who he is or where I've seen him from, but yeah, I know who you mean. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There's our in-depth reviews and yeah. stuff. Yes. Um, oh, come on, say one thing. Run out and watch it or not. That's what I need to know. Yeah, it's worth a watch. Oh, I think so. I um, probably have played six or seven to find hard-earned English pounds at the cinema. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I, I don't know actually. I, I watched it at the cinema, obviously, and um, part of a thrill from it was the, the, the guys who were sat in front of me in the cinema watching it. At one bit, they literally just said, Jesus Christ, fucking hell, out loud. And that just made me <laughs> laugh quite a bit. But I also had annoying teens sat behind me who were sort of nattering to themselves the whole way, so, which was a bit shit. I, um, I had a full screen of people eating nachos and stuff like that on a Saturday night, but it, I think it it benefited from being a full screen because people were genuinely screaming at bits, well, uh, and and that is that is fun. The sheriff from the film was in Die Hard too. He was like the air control yes, tower guy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, legend. So there we go. Um, on to um, spoiler alert. But James, do you want to tell people what's up next week and where they can find website and stuff? Yeah, so our triple bill coming up later on in the week, like I said, is uh, our favourite revenge films. Uh, next week's failed critics review, uh, because I just I was so uninspired by the films that are out in the cinema next week. Um, we're doing and this is Steve's idea. It's Steve's had a good idea here. I'm, I'm oh, impressed. What's new? Um, yeah, <laughs> we're doing a TV special. Uh, so next week we're actually going to talk about TV. We're going to talk about TV we're watching at the moment and our favourite TV box sets that we'll review and recommend for people to watch. Um, and the triple bill will be our favourite TV to film adaptations or vice versa, films that have been adapted adapted into television series. So, yeah, that's next week. Uh, more articles coming up this week at failcritics.com. You can find us at facebook.com slash failcritic and on Twitter at 
at Failed Critics. And I can tell you now, uh, everyone for TV into film or vice versa will be picking Miami Vice, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I'll like either. I didn't like either. Does that make weird? I was just joking. I, you know, That's right. I've never seen any. So, anyway, uh, um, right. Spoiler alert then. So, don't listen on if you don't want Sinister spoiled. There you go. Yeah, there's right. enough. There's enough time for you to have switched off. Um, before James tells <laughs> us what not. Before James tells us what annoyed him about the film, I'll tell you what annoyed me. When he's when he's walking around the house with the baseball bat, he's going around locking all the doors and windows. Why? He might need to get out. Yeah, it's poor planning that. Just just dumb, right? There's something bad in your house, you want it out, or you might need to get out. Don't lock all the doors and windows. He was the one with the baseball bat though. Yes, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm sure that baseball bats work really well against paranormal <laughs> um, deities. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. The the two kind of twists. Um yeah. The first one being, uh, well, they both kind of came at the same time. Um, the fact that he moved house, um, like being the thing that killed him, uh, basically, that annoys me. It just felt like a bit, uh, it, I, I don't, basically, what annoyed me was that he was getting spooked to fuck um, at the house he was in already. So I, the whole thing... Moving house wasn't explained that, yeah, they just never explained why if a family lived in the house, then moved house, and then that when they died, it was just a bit, it was a weird pattern that had no explanation for it. That annoyed me. And the fact that it was the girl that was going to be possessed, well, I saw that coming a mile off. Uh, and I don't, yeah. I don't see things in film. I'm, I'm always surprised by twists in films, but I was like, when that came, I was like, oh, right, really? Cause I thought that's, I thought that was the, the fake one you sent me in that direction. Yeah, uh, I was hoping that as well. I mean, from the moment they show that that vid, that um, film that he finds, and yeah. you count the people who are being hanged, and you go, well, yeah. obviously one's missing. She's yeah. responsible. Yeah, exactly. And that that was the other thing as well. I was like, oh, yeah, the family killed, and the kid went missing. I was like, well, yeah, it's a supernatural yeah. horror film. Pretty sure she's involved then. Exactly. And also, I know this is from the makers of Insidious, and I've not seen that, but I know there's a kid involved at the heart of that as well. Um, kids in uh, and also there was in the trailer there was ghostly kids going on as well if yeah. I remember correctly um, so yeah and the fact that she was doing some painting on her wall in the bedroom right at the start I was like okay that's going to turn weird mm. she's going to paint something weird later uh, it, it, uh, far too much of it seemed a bit signposted there Yeah, and like I said the first half half of the film I thought I was like okay no what could be going on here I know she's going to get involved at some point, but I'm genuinely creeped out by this. And then some guy comes along and says it's an Egyptian pagan god, the devourer of children. And at that point, my terror switched off because I was like, well, that, that, I've got no frame of reference there. Oh, right, okay, it's a demon. I don't believe in demons. And I could, you know, it, I know it sounds silly, but when it was, it could be anything. I was far more scared than I was like, right, okay, I know what I'm dealing with now. I know I'm dealing with a demon. Um, mm. And, and, and I've, I actually kind of relaxed a little bit more then because I was thinking, right, okay, so it's, it's none of the, uh, it's not the sheriff who was a bit weird at the beginning. I thought he might be, I thought the local townsfolk might be involved a little bit. Mm. Clearly they're not now, right, I can relax there. And it almost kind of went, it, it focused me too much on one particular threat. And, um, yeah. And then I wasn't scared of anything else happening. And I was like, and then I was like, right, okay, so I know the kid's going to get possessed at one point. And, uh, right, and I then started to know what to expect. And my, my, my problem was the film became very formulaic and it relied on shock and, um, and, and jumps. And, and, and the shock, the, the fact is those, those found footage bits of video were very horrible. Mm. Um, they were very well filmed, very unsettling. Um, but then it, it they also lost their their power once you kind of knew how it was going to end. I think. 
Yeah. But I think, though, like, your point that they were sort of interspersed quite well mm. is right. I mean, they didn't show you them all in one go at the beginning no. of the film, and that was it. They were kind of, you know, gradually put into yeah. the story. And I think that, I think that worked really well. well. And, and you, I felt in his position. Um, and... <laughs> What the fuck was that? <laughs> that was me watching YouTube videos in the background there. Jesus oh, Christ. We're just talking about fucking demons and then you play <laughs> that. It scares the shit out of me. That scared me more than any bit of bastard. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to do this more often. When are we watching Paranormal Activity again? Oh, oh fucking hell. Two I'm weeks. Now. Oh, Jesus. It was bad enough last week when I was listening to the one I wasn't on entered my number at a cash point while I'm listening to it and Owen goes, what was that beeping noise? <laughs> that, I I did half a shit. I yeah, and oddly, no, no one else seemed to hear it. It was just me. Just yeah, got a beeping noise in my headphones. And, and, and also, does one of you have a cat? Because I heard a cat on there somewhere. Oh, nope. I've not heard a cat on there. There was a, there was a fucking cat there. Phantom cat. <laughs> fucking, this is, I'm never missing another one again because... That freaked me out too much. I'm just going to start um, editing shit into it now. It's going to freak you out. <laughs> I don't need to listen back to I'm, I'm going to ed- edit stuff in for this one, like doors slamming in the background and sort oh, of wind blowing. And, yeah. <laughs> um, right. You should so. just edit yourself whispering, James. James. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Just at random points in the review to see what he does. Have we all finished talking about Sinister now? I think so. Just one, uh, one point, um, yeah. which I was actually going to make, but James sort of alluded to it as well, which was about the fact that... Uh, sorry, are you still here, Jerry? Yeah, I'm muting again. Mute again for a minute. Okay. Um, Right, yeah, just the point about um him moving house to get away from me. Oh, yeah. It's not original anymore, mm. and I don't think it's been original since Amityville Horror, you know? Mm. Well, that was probably the last film really where it was the house that was haunted I can think yeah. of but it's, but, the, it's, but, it, but it's still what you would do most people yeah which is why I haven't really got a problem with paranormal activity doing it mm. but what I've got a problem with Sinister doing it is that it's it's been done already it's kind of yeah. to to then have it so it does actually move with them isn't isn't yeah. the scary bit anymore because you you just think oh well it is going to move because you're moving house and that's what happens in yeah. these films nowadays yeah a demon at, moves that point, we knew, at that point we knew it was the kid anyway and you, well, yeah I mean yeah. From, from quite early on anyway but it's just yeah. um, that I had that was a, a sort of major gripe for me I thought yeah. you moved house fucking I know it's going to end now why yeah. have you why have you done that yeah but then there was that weird bit where they were speeding and they got stopped by the sheriff again and and that was just such a pointless scene. Uh, uh, that I don't know whether me. that was kind of like um, a double bluff into trying to trick you into thinking, oh, well, he's stopping them. He's going to be involved somehow. Yeah, and then, yeah. And but wasn't. I never believed it. What I was like, okay, no. what's, what's, is he going to get, I, I thought he was going to give them some pertinent information. I thought he's going to say something that he forgot to mention earlier and it's going to like click and, oh my God. I was like, no, he's just stopped on because speed. Oh, they're leaving. Fair enough. Yeah. And I was like, uh, uh, I don't know if he needed. To, I don't know if his contract said he needed to have two scenes or something. I don't know. Maybe but it felt a bit odd. It did, but I did like the the way the rest of the story was told. Yeah, and overall, it, I, 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 at least it tried to, it tried to do something a little bit different, especially near the beginning. Um, and yeah, it scared me, and that's what it, that's what it's meant to do. So I can't. I can't mm-hmm. not recommend it. Probably, probably not necessarily worth spending your money on, but watch it yeah. at home definitely. Mm. Yeah. I would, I would have paid to see it even if I didn't have this. On this I think if you like horror films, definitely yeah. go and watch it. Yeah. Mm. Um, or if you like Ethan Hawke, no one does. Apparently, no, <laughs> no who he is. Just completely don't even know who the guy is anymore. Uh, um, right, yes. Yeah, so whatever he was called. On. Thanks for listening. You've obviously already heard our plans for for next week, so um, join us in a few days for Triple Bill. I'd like to thank James, Owen and Jerry for joining us, you for listening, and Kevin, what's name for the music? Right. Incompetech.com. <laughs>
Boom. And Lemsip for getting me through this podcast. Um, if you'd like to send me some free Lemsip, you know where to find us. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.